Welcome to Rock That Relationship, a podcast about all things relationship with Corey and Tracy. Now let's get real and start creating relationships that rock. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Rock That Relationship. We are in a season talking all about falling in love. You know, that kind of first part of the relationship where you get the butterflies, or maybe you don't, but you're at least just starting to get into the relationship. (laughs) Here we are uh, talking about falling in love. Today's episode really is looking at the idea of conflict um, or tension or dissonance, something that might be happening early in a relationship and figuring out, is it too much? Should I really be investing in this or should I be running for the hills or is this something that I should, is this person like, you know, really good fit for me? We're just, you know, kind of learning at the beginning about how to navigate each other. And this is the beginning of a really amazing relationship. So we are so excited to have a guest here today. We have Dr. Heather Brown, who's going to be talking uh, a lot with us about conflict and conflict early on. So maybe before we even start, uh, Dr. Brown, you could tell us a little bit about you, uh, how you got started in this work. What, what do you do? I'm a 27-year seasoned psychotherapist. I specialize with couples communication, so it's a good fit to be on your <laughs> Um I am in publishing right now with Post Hill Press for a book uh, called Speaking with the Heart on Couples Communication, mm-hmm. and it's just my forte. It's my love. Comes out of a childhood where I had a mom who was a paranoid schizophrenic, and mm-hmm. so connection, conflict, communication, reality was all jumbled. Mm -hmm. And so I became very fascinated with that. And that opened the door to a life in the psych world. That is wonderful. When it, when did you say your book comes out? January. January. Wow. Excellent. Well, we'll put some information in the show notes for our readers so they can make sure to, to follow you and get some more information. Awesome. Um, Well, great. Well, why don't we start really kind of the, the, the first question, you know, I was going through and, um, and looking at, uh, looking at one of your blogs and I actually saw this really interesting uh, kind of quote in there. And I, and I thought I would start with this just because I'm curious as what this even means. So, you know, in the early stages of relationships, we, you know, we can tend to be overly polite or, you know, things that aren't triggering us aren't, aren't really as apparent yet. And so we, we, we have this coupled with this idea that, you know, we can lean into these, what do you call uncomfortable truths? And so you discuss whether or not you should mention if someone has broccoli in their teeth. And so I'm thinking like at the early stage of a relationship, right? Are, do you go there? Do you, do you tell someone on a first date they've got broccoli in their teeth? Is this that uncomfortable truth or, or, or what do you do when you're kind of navigating that politeness place? Well, I think there's a place to start pre that, which is to find out, feel them out a little bit. Hey, if I were to notice something that I think could bless you or help you or support you. Would you be comfortable with me sharing that? Or do you prefer me to keep those kind of things to myself? They're mm-hmm. probably going to be intrigued and say, well, why do you ask? <laughs> well, there's something I could share right now that, that I, I think if I were in your shoes, I'd probably want to know, but I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. And then you'd probably say, what is it? And then I'd say, you know, either, you know, you might want to go into the bathroom and smile a little bit, or <laughs> you know, if there's just that place of finding out, do I mm-hmm. have your permission and that's a key to all relationship. I, I do that even now with my adult children. Do I have your permission to share something that hmm. I think might be important for you to know? And sometimes they say, no. And I say, <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. And it's not wanted. The, the, I, 
I think we, we, we miss, we misunderstand ourselves and others so much of the time. I don't think it's that often that someone is actually trying to hurt us. Now, there are people in the world that do, but I don't think it's that often. I think a lot of times when people are saying something, it is with a desire to help, but they don't know how to do it in a way that you can receive it, or they're really poor in their tact. And so it comes across as a criticism or a judgment. And so I think if you kind of find out, would would you be open to me sharing something? Mm-hmm. And then it, I would it, say, it, I'm doing it just to help. I'm in no way trying to do anything that would be hurtful. It's This is so interesting to me because I was married to a clinical psychologist for eight years and I lacked all the tact and I would just say, hey, this is something you need to know. Or I would say, oh, there's something in your teeth. And she never wanted that, not the first week and not in the eighth year. And, you know, I never could get that through my head, like how you just described it, like asking, is this something that you want to hear? Mm-hmm. And then being able to shut my mouth when the person says no and to go away or, you know, at, bite my hand and just like figure out a way not, not to say something. Right. And I think this is crucial. I mean, I think this is one of the big things that led to, to the breakdown of, you know, my marriage. And it was not, I was not able to hear that, that that other person didn't want to receive the things I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it, you know? So. And when they don't, and that's why it's so important to find out then they feel like you are hurting them. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. she probably felt you were and wanted. exactly. And, and there's a really hard place within ourselves when we feel like, well, no, you're supposed to know this and I've got the wisdom and I've got to tell you. And the right. person doesn't want it. We got to check ourselves because we're not trying to help. We're trying to be exactly right. right. Mm-hmm. That doesn't and, work in a relationship. And even if you are trying to help or think you are, it comes off. I mean, I'm not defending myself here, but like, you know, I feel like, Oh my God, there's this information that has to be out there. And I feel that way about a lot of things. And, and it's true. And, you know, she's more of your, what you've just described. And it's interesting because I've been divorced now two years and we're not speaking now. And I think these are part of the big issues. Like just what you've said, she perceived it as me trying to hurt her versus me trying to disseminate information, whatever it was about, I just felt like, oh, this information has to be out there. And and you're saying like people don't necessarily want that, you know, mm-hmm. but you've got to learn to listen. You know, I think this is so critical, whether it's first week or eight years. I, I It took me till today, you know, to hear <laughs> it the way that you yeah. said it 10 years after we met, you know, and she does not, she did not like it the way I said things. And that's important to know because otherwise you're hurting somebody that you truly love and you don't want to, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's not going to help. And then when you've been in the relationship for a while, this is a golden nugget. This is, this is a huge part of my practice in my life. What I say to my clients, what I say to my friends, if I'm in a relationship, it's what I say to a partner. I say, do I have permission to share? And then they say, oftentimes yes. And then I'd say, I want to make certain you can receive this with love. Hmm. And most people go, damn it. And I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. If they're not ready, then I do not share because Mm -hmm. I need to make certain that they know I'm approaching it, trying to, and then I will say, this is just my experience. This is just my thought. If it doesn't serve you, if it doesn't bless you, dump it in the trash. 
Yeah. And yeah. most people are like, oh, okay. And then I can really be very honest and very true to my experience. And most people can mm-hmm. receive it so much better because they're prepared. This is a key. If you help the person get to a place where they're receiving you, I come to you and I say, I've got something I'd like to share. Are you willing to receive it? Mm, okay. I want to make certain that you can receive it with love. Oh, okay. Then it's just mm-hmm. my experience. It's just my thought. If you don't like it, throw it out. Oh, go ahead. Now mm-hmm. I've got this wide open door mm-hmm. to step through. Otherwise, it's like, I hate it when you do this. Well, mm-hmm. I hate it when you do this. And it's slam, slam, mm-hmm. slam, slam. That's most of our relationships. Yeah. And do you well, think that that matters the timing? Like whether that's in the beginning or the the middle or the end or... You always. Know, years Timing matters always. Think about it. Mm-hmm. Is this a good time? That always matters. Whether it's date one or date 5,000. Are mm-hmm. you in a place where you're available, accessible, open to this conversation? I always go back to <clears throat> the, the model of Jesus because it's perfect. He knocked on the door. He knew he was the son of God. He knocked on the door. Whatever your religious beliefs are, it's a great model. Knocked on the door waited to see if the door would be opened. If not, he didn't scream. He didn't yell. He didn't pound it down. He walked away, went back, knocked again. It's now a better time. Waits for the person to open and say, hey, come on in. Mm -hmm. And then there's the conversation. We lose so much of our power. We lose so, so much of our impact because we decide, because we've had this thought, I hate it when you do this. Let me tell you this now. We don't realize the other person is clueless, most likely, to what we're bringing up. So they're already behind where we are, and we jump on in. I had a couple. It was fascinating to me. She decided to change the kids out of their school. She'd done all this research, tons of research, talked with people, done a financial analysis, blah, 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 blah. She sits down with her husband and she goes, we need to move them. This is the data for to set up an interview. He went ballistic and she Mm -hmm. couldn't understand why. (laughs) She had thought about this for two months. It was the first he'd heard (laughs) about. Mm Mm-hmm. And we don't think about that. If I bring something up, it's been percolating in my brain, at least for a couple seconds, maybe months. And who knows where you are? Mm -hmm. So it honors you and the conversation and our relationship to try to kind of get us on the same page. Like, let me feel you out. Where are you on this? Do you need to think about this? When's a good time for us to talk about this? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and as you're talking, I'm thinking about this idea that as the giver of the information, we somehow think we're the truth tellers. Like this is, this is the (laughs) reality. You are oblivious to it all. I am shining light on you. And and it is a little bit in some ways coming at it like that is almost kind of condescending. It's like, I know more than you. Kind of massively egotistical. Yeah. Right. And I think when you're talking about asking for permission to tell your own truth, right? Not the truth, but your own truth. It, it, it level, it feels like it levels the playing field a little bit more because I've had people who have given me a lot of unsolicited advice to the point where I've had to say things like, listen, I don't want to receive this anymore. This is not serving me. Um, and and I've had to be the one to step in. And so I think about it from the other side, that person feels like they're giving me this truth that I am somehow not privy to unless they were just happened to show up on my doorstep to tell me. And, um, and that creates a weird dynamic. Well, you give the perfect, perfect comment. It levels the playing field. 
if you're in a relationship, doesn't it need to be level? Mm-hmm. A conversation, doesn't it need to be level? Otherwise, what the hell are you doing in that conversation? If it's with a partner or a friend, mm-hmm. I mean, again, if it's a boss and it's an employee relationship and they're saying, you just have to do this, you know, or you're fired, but that's not, that's not a love relationship. Mm-hmm. And if, if we're saying we're partners, we need to be partners in communication and respect as well. Well, this is interesting to me because the way that Corey just said that I would take issue with. So I'm what you would consider like um, neuroatypical or whatever. So I'm a little bit probably on the beginning of the spectrum, right? So I just blurch stuff out of my mouth. I've learned now that I'm 53 to come temper that. And it's gotten a lot better as I've gotten older and have as relationships, you know, I've exited relationships because of issues like this, right? So I'm like, oh, let me figure out what this is. But I said, you know, from the beginning of starting this podcast, like, oh, people should go to a therapist at at the beginning of a relationship. And some people just get crazy upset about that. And I dated someone that there were issues that had we done that, just, it's not because there's something wrong with us, but to navigate the issues that were coming up, like what you're saying is like, everyone's not on the same playing field as far as being able to communicate. Right. And they may have like issues that are different. Right. So my ex-wife being a trained clinical, you know, psychologist, PhD, and me having been a cop and telling people do it this way, do it that way. And then, you know, with the way that I am, like we just could not. And every time we went to a couple's therapist, it, they could not help us, even though, you know, she was a clinical psychologist and and we're both very intelligent, but we just were not ever in the same place. And it is true. And I've said this since the divorce, like you get the information, you're like, can hear the information, I guess, at the time, like I couldn't, everything she was trying to tell me, I couldn't hear, but like something about the way you just said it has clicked more in my brain than anything that anybody else has said. And it's like, you know, I've been helped along in different ways. And I feel like when people start to date, like Corey and I have this argument all the time. I don't think it matters if you have issues from day one. I always date people that I have like issues with, right? Like I, cause I love them. I just fall, I meet someone, I fall in love. I don't care how many red flags. I don't care how messed up. And then, it, and then, and then I'm in, in deep, right? And so she's like, you shouldn't have these problems this early. But I'm like, what does it matter if I had these problems this early? Or if I'm having them eight years in, like, I feel like if I'm eight years in with someone, we should have, we shouldn't be having problems. Right. So I have kind of the opposite opinion of her. So does it matter like if you have the problems from the beginning or the end? Well, I'm going to go off what you just said, which is brilliant. That depends upon you. If you're in a relationship because you want to find the person that you're going to be with for the rest of your life. Yeah, you need to be looking at the red flags. If you're in a relationship to grow yourself and to stretch yourself and to explore an experience, if you thrive under learning, under challenge, under expanding your mind or your experience, you're doing it fantastically because you are absolutely doing that. So it, there mm-hmm. isn't a right or a wrong. It depends upon what serves you. I tell mm-hmm. people, because they come to me and they say, like, I, I suck at relationship. I fail at all relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to totally reframe this right now. The only relationship you ever really think in our head is a true success is the person we end up with to the end of our life. Mm-hmm. That just means it's last. That's all it means. 
Like Mm -hmm. I've had some relationships that weren't for forever, but they were blessed and beautiful, not the right person for my whole life. But we didn't fail. We succeeded to no end. Whether you decide to get out Mm -hmm. or stay in, it's a success for you if you allow it to be. I learned what I needed to learn. I experienced what I needed to experience. Thank you for this. I don't mm-hmm. I don't feel the need to stay in this longer or this mm-hmm. doesn't serve me longer, but I'm so grateful for what I have experienced with you. Now, being a therapist, I'm not a huge advocate of of stepping into a relationship that is, you know, massively problematic. Like mm-hmm. I went on a first date with a guy and I found out on the first date he'd been out of the the psych ward for 2 weeks on the heroin addiction and suicidality mm. and he was living in a garage and his car was impounded and he had warrants for his arrest. We didn't have a second day. <laughs> Super good looking, like really nice, really nice. Probably a great kisser. Didn't go there either. <laughs> like I just thought, mm, not thinking this is a great match for a recent widow with two children at home. Mm-hmm. But I could have. And so mm-hmm. it really depends upon why are you stepping into this relationship and what are you open to? I think, I think our, our biggest challenge, one of our biggest challenges humans is we believe people will have the same thoughts, feelings, experience, insights as us. And mm-hmm. we, we, we want them to believe the way we believe. Who the hell knows if anybody understands anything that I say in the way I understand it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. I'll never know. Mm-hmm. And so I, Tell clients, I don't know if you're going to ever understand each other. Like, can't help you there. But I can help you try to walk with each other differently. And I always tell clients, you are 100% right for you. And you are 100% right for you. And how do we find a way to bring these two together where you can both be right in your own realities and then Mm -hmm. help each other learn how to co-create moving forward? that's the key. It's not you become who I want you to become because it's easier for me. It's mm-hmm. who, who do I choose to be in your presence? Mm-hmm. And then it goes back to our responsibility. Not you piss me off, but wow, I really let you get under my skin and I really mm-hmm. get pissed off inside about the way you talk to me. What's mm-hmm. that about me? relationship is a mirror back to how we are doing within our own emotionality within ourselves. It's fascinating when you get to that place because then the person isn't the problem. You are the problem. My husband was a hoarder. I like to say collector. (laughs) Stupidly, stupidly. And I own this with, with every ounce of my body. I literally thought you both, you're going to shudder and your, your listeners are going to shudder. I literally thought 30 something years ago, he just needs a good woman to come into his house, clean it up and get it organized. And then it'll be fine. Like, dear God, I was young, stupid. It was my first super long-term relationship. So always a problem. And one day God just slammed me on the side of the head because God talks to me and he said, Tad doesn't have a problem being a hoarder. And I went, wait, what? And God said, Tad doesn't have a problem being a hoarder. And I went, oh my God, it's me. Mm-hmm. I do not, a hundred percent, I do not accept him. Mm-hmm. Even though mm-hmm. I said I would. 
I'm like, oh, this is crap. Because mm-hmm. I have to let this be okay. Mm-hmm. Or like be beating him up for right. what he right. doesn't deserve. Because right. I said, I'll marry you. Knowing he right. was older. That opened me to a different place. And that really is a truth. If I'm going to be in a relationship with you, why am I not accepting you as you are? Why am I in a relationship with someone I don't accept as they are? It makes no sense. And we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've talked about that many times is that you, you get with someone and you think, okay, I can change this or whatever, but you have to, what is it I say now? Like their words and actions have to match. Like they're otherwise just don't be there. So if it's something that like it's a deal breaker for me or that is upsetting to me and it's not upsetting to them, then we're just not on the same page, you know? Right. And I feel that's where you have to say, like you, maybe you got to a place where you could accept the hoarding or collecting, but maybe you couldn't. And I think it's okay to leave at that point. Cause you, you're right that he didn't care. Right. It made him happy to have that stuff. I assume. What do you do with somebody who's saying, I want to change. Like I met someone and she was like, Oh, I want to be different. I want to stop smoking. I want to exercise. I want to do this, but I, I don't say know if fantastic. that's really true. Fantastic. So what are the things that you can do to stop smoking? Let's list five. Which one are you willing to do right now? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where it really, you know, hits the road. If I mm-hmm. come to you and I say, I'm an alcoholic and you say, Oh my God, Heather, that's great insight. And I say, yeah, super powerful. <laughs> say, what are you going to do right now? And I say, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go buy a 12 pack of beer. Mm-hmm. My insight's done nothing. Mm-hmm. So hoping, wishing, wanting, they're all lovely. They're all lovely but they're all future tense. Mm. So what do you commit to right now? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm not going to smoke until dinner. Okay, great. Great. Then we've just, you know, saved, I don't know, 10 cigarettes. So it really needs to move into an immediacy because otherwise it's just a hope. Mm-hmm. And we've all done that. Like, please mm-hmm. stay. I promise you, I will. Mm-hmm. The reality is they wanted to make that change. They would have. Mm. And since they don't, they've got to be willing to commit to make a change or it's not going to change. Tad never promised to not be a hoarder. Not once. Mm -hmm. He was smart to not do it because the day he died, it took three trash bags out of his car. I literally laughed and cried at the same time. Like friggin' to the moment you died, you're a hoarder. (laughs) But like it was funny and really Mm -hmm. sad. But that is who he was. It was a part of him. Mm -hmm. And I didn't like it. And I had to learn, Mm -hmm. like, deal with it, woman. You said yes deal with it. And he was really gracious to try to work with me on it, but to a certain extent. So if someone wants to change, they do. Mm -hmm. There's not that much talk about it. Hmm. Like how how often have you gone to someone and said, oh, I just signed up for Pilates. I'm so excited. I just took a hot yoga class. It was amazing. Oh, I started drinking 64 ounces of water today. It's not like, gosh, I really... I really want to drink 64 ounces of water mm. someday. Mm-hmm. I really want to do that. M- most things we just start doing if we really want to. And mm. sometimes we need an accountability partner or a commitment to it for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. But until you move into an action plan, it's a hope. And yeah. and how do you feel about the partner being that accountability partner? Should Is that just a recipe for disaster? Completely depends on the couple. 
Mm-hmm. My daughter and I can be accountability partners to each other really well. Mm-hmm. We love each other dearly. We trust each other implicitly and we want what's best for each other. So there was a one point where she, she wanted to not have sugar for a while, but we were going to a party and she'd said, we bake brownies. I'm like, how does this work? She goes, well, we can, we can have one bite. I said, okay. So <laughs> in the morning I wake up, there's one chocolate chip that I found on the counter. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah. stuck it in my mouth. I started sucking on it. And I said, what the hell are you doing? And I spit it out <laughs> her bedroom. And I said, I have a confession. She's like, okay. I said, I sucked on a chocolate chip just now. And she's like, mom. I'm like, I found one on the counter and I stuck it in my mouth and I started sucking on it. And then I spit it out. I felt guilty. She's like, I never would have known. And I said, I know, but I would. Yeah. Yeah. If you have a partner like that, it works really, really well. If you have someone who's going to beat you up, shame you, put you down, you know, I didn't think you could do it anyway, then wrong person. Mm-hmm. So it really depends. You got to ask yourself, does this person know how to support, encourage me and kind of help me toe the line in a way that is firm, but in a way that I can receive? Or do I feel judged by them? Mm-hmm. Do, do I, am I willing to really be honest with them? Mm-hmm. And if the answer is no, because you're afraid they're going to be disappointed. I thought my daughter would be disappointed, but it was more important for me to be honest. Mm-hmm. So then it can work. But otherwise, mm-hmm. no, take someone from the outside because that's that can be too precarious. Especially in what we do sometimes is we then veer it and we make our accountability partner kind of responsible for us. This happens with anxiety. Now, you're my person I'm, I'm going to go to to help me calm myself and like you better be here and you have to help me and I need you now it's dependency Mm. and that's Mm. that's messy and that's just not healthy for anybody Mm -hmm. so it makes me think like as you're talking you know in Tracy's situation like the you know someone who said I'm going to do this I'm going to do this I'm going to do this and even made some commitments to do it and then when she would not do them then it you know it can put you in a position where you're like do I do I say something? Do I, am I by default some type of accountability partner? Do I just ignore it? If they say I'm not going to smoke until dinner and then you look and they're smoking and you're like, um, okay, do I say something? And that creates some kind of conflict that puts people in like these weird situations when someone says, I want to be this, I'm committing to do this, but then you literally watch them not do it. And then, but they're your partner. So how do you navigate that? So the place you ask, you ask permission, like, okay, so as this comes up, if I happen to see some place where I think you're kind of slipping a little bit, do I, do you want me to bring it up or not? Um, mm. Mm. In my household, what we'd say is, do I have permission to sharpen you? Mm. And that mm. one, that one works well. As long as the person goes, oh, God, okay, yeah. Or mm-hmm. do I have permission to share something with love? Mm-hmm. Let's say, I, I like the first you one have, you said. Can you say that again? Do I have permission do to I- sharpen you? Okay. Ted used to say that to me and be like, oh my gosh, because I knew a doozy was coming. I'm like, give me a second. Let me take a couple of deep breaths. And I'd be like, okay, Heather, like receive. And then in my head, I would tell myself, he's trying to help you. He sees that you can do or be better than you are. Hear that. Mm -hmm. And I've gotten really good at it. Um, I actually enjoy it. When my kids come to me and they say, ready to, they say, ready to level up, mom. 
And I'm like, (laughs) I am ready. That one sometimes works better for me, ready to level up. And I'm like, yes, because do I want to not level up? No, of of course I do. Do I want to fix something that's problematic? Maybe not. Maybe I just want to be just as I am. But my kids both see me beyond who I am, which is glorious. And they believe that. Um, and so when I'm wrestling with something and I own it and I'll say, you know, be patient with me or this is a hard one for me. And they're like, I got it. Anything I can do to help. I'm like, just keep me in your prayers. Or if you happen to notice, you know, I'm doing something helpful. Let me know if you notice I'm doing something. It's not, let me know. Um, but that's a conversation to have, mm-hmm. but do I have permission to level you up? Can, do I have permission to sharpen you? Mm-hmm. Would you receive this with love? Yeah. I think just asking permission, right? To say something. Well, think about it. Like it's my belief about you. Damn. I better ask permission before I stop. Like, like what am I saying? I, I have this amazing insight to make you better than you are aware of how you could be because I'm seeing something you don't even probably recognize or take responsibility for. So let me share it with you. Yuck. So it's really important that we say, Hey, you know, can I help with something? Mm-hmm. And then, and then also to, to go a little further and say, could we talk about what's going on? I do that with myself. Mm-hmm. Happens with food because I live by myself with, you know, pets. And so I'll sometimes go to the market and buy something that I know, like, I know I shouldn't buy it, mm-hmm. you know, sugar or whatever. And I just want it. And I tell myself, like, what are you doing? What are mm-hmm. you doing? I just want some. Okay. Like, are you, are you going to give it away to somebody? Are you going to throw it in the trash? Cause you know, what's going to happen if you bring that whole bag of jelly beans home. It's like, uh-huh. ah, so like, uh-huh. I'll talk myself through it. And then I'll say, okay, so why are you wanting like this massive bag of jelly beans right now? What's going on? And I'll ask but, like little Heather, little Heather, <laughs> what are you wanting? Uh-huh. And a lot of times little Heather just wants love, but sugar's easy. Mm-hmm. And she likes it. My tongue likes it. And uh-huh. so I, I have to figure out like, what am I really wanting? Is there something other than this that would really satiate me more so? And it's almost always love. Mm-hmm. And sometimes a couple of jelly beans. <laughs> I'm a jelly bean. I, 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 <laughs> I love my, jelly beans. my downside is my, my jelly beans, my <laughs> obsession. So I, kind of going from that is, you know, sometimes I've, I've had conversations with people and you know that they're going to be sharing with you something that's like, you know, you're going to receive and it's going to be heavy, but they do the, you know, they do it, um, where, and I've done this too. It's like, can we talk later? I have something I really need to share with you about something that you've done that's hurt me, but I'm not available right now. So can we talk at dinner? And then you spend the whole day just like with that horrible feeling of what am I about to expect? What would, I mean, this happens so frequently and I hear people talk about it a lot. It's like kind of kicking the can down the road. Like I'm going to, I'm going to at least let you know that I have a problem, but I'm not going to tell you what it is right now. And then later that way, that way I'm not going to surprise you, except that you're still surprising the person because they have no idea what you're going to say. And now they've speculated all of this stuff and no idea. And then I usually say, can you at least tell me what it's about? Or, you know, so what, how do you navigate that? Yeah, let's go to the other side. Gosh, I have something I want to share with you, but I want to do it when we have a time to really talk deeply because you're really important to me. And something went on that I, I kind of don't understand and I just want clarity. We're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. 
but I want to do it where we can really talk it through because I think my heart's just not quite understanding. When later on is a good time for you? And if I heard that, it'd be like, okay, I want to know what it's about. But the bigger piece is, this is about our relationship. And this is you taking some ownership that maybe you misunderstood. I wouldn't be so, well, what, what is it? But if somebody says, I have to talk to you about something that happened that I'm really upset about. I'm, I'm narrowing in on what, what is the, Mm -hmm. what is the incident? So what I always tell clients is, and I tell myself this too, the relationship is always more important than the topic or the issue. Mm-hmm. Always, mm-hmm. or you're not in the relationship. Right. The topic's more important, you know, than you're going to be in the topic. So I will start an important conversation like that. My daughter used to come into my room and she'd be upset about something and she'd say, you know, mommy, I have to talk to you about something. And I'd say, absolutely. Do I have permission to say one thing? She'd always say yes. And I'd look into her beautiful blue eyes and I'd say, I love you so much, baby. And she'd go, mom. And I'm like, yep, 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 yep. Come here, come here, come here. And then hug her. We'd be, you know, face to face. Like, what do you need from me? Like, what do I need to clean mm-hmm. up? Just let me clean it up because I want to be good with you. And, and some things are, are differences in our personality that we're never going to quite get together with. We mm-hmm. look at things differently. We do things differently. And so that's a place where sometimes one of us is out of the boat and I'll just say, Hey, like, I'm out of the boat on this one, but I'll be back soon. Or she'll say the mm-hmm. same thing. We don't have to feel and think and do the same as mm-hmm. long as we don't tell the other person they can't be them. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. what I'm picking up is like one as a person with like a growth mindset, like I want to be better and change. And and like I've now, I only want to be with people, friends and partners who are have that growth mindset, like who want to level up as you say but like I have to determine what kind of communicator am I and then I think when you get with someone or even to be friends or whatever figure out okay what's their communication style and then how can you work together because I you know I think so much of problems is just people aren't hearing each other right they're just banging up against each other whereas like all of the kind of things you're saying open them up like there's more inquiry about how can, how can you hear me really? Like, I think that's what I'm saying when I say people should go to therapy right away, either figure it out, read a book or, you know, do a course or be like, it'd be great to have like a three-day course for new couples. Like, yeah. how do you communicate? I have, I how have are a, you? I have a six session communication, um, deep dive for couples. Mm-hmm on communication. It goes through attachment style and it goes through love languages and it goes through how do you step into an important discussion? How do you honor and respect and not fight? Yes. Mm -hmm. We're not taught some really important things about communication. And and it's unfortunate because it's such a huge piece Mm -hmm. of what we do all the time. I, I would, I'd be mindful of taking the word should out People should go to therapy and I'd say people would probably benefit from going. People mm-hmm. come to me mm-hmm. and say, you know, do I need therapy? And I'm like, that's up to you. Like, mm-hmm. No, not if you don't want to come. Can it help? Oh, heck yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think when we're told like you have to do it this way, most of us bristle. And, and it also depends upon what people think therapy is. Some people still think it's only for people who are clinically, you know, insane, like right. my mom. It's not for somebody who's having a tough time 
figuring something out or want, wanting to level up or becoming more honest with themselves, there's still sadly a stigma on it. Um, so some people bristle with that and it's just so funny. It also goes against the ego of people feeling like, well, I don't need somebody else to tell me how to do it. And my response is, well, ask your partner because they, they might, they might beg to differ. <laughs> and, and we think, we think there's a way for us to learn how to be a good communicator. And there certainly are a lot. Like, I think I'm a very good communicator, <laughs> but yet I'm only as effective as a communicator as the person I'm with. So the key really is, how how do I work with you on the way you hear, see, receive, offer to have that not cause a wobble with me? And so I'll tell people in my life and clients, if I say something you don't understand or I have an approach that doesn't work for you or you just completely do not agree, tell me. Like, mm-hmm. I am valuable if I can be, 100%. I don't want to assume that I understand or, or recognize what you're needing from me. And if we're going down a road that doesn't serve you, just tell me. Mm-hmm. And I have some really amazing relationships because people know they can come to me honestly and authentically and say, like, I don't like this. I'm like, okay, then I will respect that. But mm-hmm. I also, and here's the part that's so important for just being a human I realize that my way of being is my way of being and it doesn't bless everybody else. It doesn't serve everybody else. Some people won't like me or won't want to be around me. That's okay. Just like there's some people I would choose to not be around too. What I do need to figure out is if you're somebody who needs to be in my life or I want you in my life, I got to figure out how to interact with you in a way that that doesn't happen often. And that's on me. I don't make it on the other. We tend to make the responsibility on the other. You change. You don't do it this way. I hate this about you. Instead of looking back and saying, this is me. I heard a podcast. You guys will love this because I was cracking up. Can I, can I cuss on here? Is that okay? Marginally. I had to. (laughs) I won't. I won't. I, I had to click a button on my Apple communication. Button. Yeah. And what I asked, there was a couple and the guy said, she was amazing. Like she was incredible. Like she loved me so dearly in the beginning of the relationship. He goes, and I don't know what happened, but I made her such a B. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, I have screwed oh. this up. And I started cracking up, but I thought he's right. Because if he had continued to uplift her, honor her, cherish her, respect her, adore her, she would have been amazing forever. What changes as one of us starts looking, engaging, talking to the other person differently. It's what happens when we fall out of love. Now, now you're just a person and now I don't like this anymore. And now I'm going to tell you, I don't like this. Where in the beginning of the relationship, I just said, Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I don't, I don't mind. Right. Because I want to be with you so badly. We try hard in the beginning of the relationship to make the other person work for us. And then we veer it. And this is where we like screw everything up. Now I veer it and I try to make you right for me. 
So in the beginning, it's like, I got, I got to make this work. Like I got to make this work with this other person because I so want to be with them. So I can deal with this and I can deal with this and I can deal with this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then when we fall out of love, it's like, I hate this. I've always hated this. I've never liked this. I didn't Mm -hmm. want this. And the person's like, what happened? You used to adore me. Well, I did, but. And so if we look at that and realize, what are we doing? You can literally love some, you could literally love every single person on the whole planet if you chose to. Right. Yeah. And I have to sit there and I, and I don't, ah, but I don't, don't, I don't, I don't literally at this point in my life choose to love everyone. I know that. And I have to own that. I don't like saying that, but I know on some level it's a little bit true. And so that's something for me to work on. A relationship will work as long as you choose the other person. And as long as they choose you, regardless of how many red flags there are, might be hell. Might be hell, but the that's what I've been saying to Corey. But the both parties have to want to do that and hear the other person. And I, I'm now thinking that you know, growing up, right? We don't get this modeling, so we're all women over forty, and suddenly it's like, okay, now I'm having all of this stuff is I'm having these realizations so much later in life, and it's like I'm like I'm thinking back to grade school and did doing square dancing in the 1970s help me? No, had we sat around in a circle and discussed our feelings, you know what I mean? Like it's it's like there's one place back in the day where everybody went, and that was school. And rather than learning how to be with other people, you really come learn how to compete with them and how to you know, best them. And having gone to law school, that that's what I saw was, you know, let's figure out who's the best here. And I didn't buy into that because I was older, but to watch those people who did, right? And so from the beginning, we're just not trained in this. And, you know, people, when I say I was married to a psychologist, clinical psychologist, they're like, oh, sorry, you know? And I'm like, actually, (laughs) even though the marriage didn't work, (laughs) Mm -hmm. it was the best thing that could have happened to me. She may yeah. not agree that it was the best thing for her, but like, I, I learned so much. I mean, one of the books I want to write is what I learned from my ex-wife, you know, and I'm friends, very close friends with two other exes, not with this ex, but I learned so much from her. And even though she maybe can't put everything into practice the way she should, it's th- what you bring to the table, the kind of like awareness. That's when I say everybody should go to therapy. Okay. Yeah, no, it shouldn't be a law, but it should be a, 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 we need it. We all need it. And we need it from day one, not necessarily therapy, but these therapeutic concepts and the concept of communicating. Because I really spent like how many years in school coming from a very dysfunctional home and then going into a place that just felt to me like one more attack on me. You know, wish as kids and I'm, I certainly do. I'm 60. So I certainly didn't grow up with this, but I wish as kids, our parents would have modeled. And I came from the people pleaser, you know, make everyone your friend genre, Mm -hmm. the sixties, but I wish they would have modeled. If someone's really nice to you on the playground, play with them all the time, Mm -hmm. be their friend. And if someone's mean or they put you down or they hurt you, walk away, Mm -hmm. just walk away. If we had just, if we had just, if, if we would choose to help our children recognize what they feel and let it be their truth, we would stop separating ourselves from ourselves. I, I told my kids, I wish I had known when you were children, when you were crying 
to not pat you on the back and say, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And they said, well, mom, that was soothing and comforting. What do you wish you would have said? And say, I'm so sorry you're hurting. I'm so sorry you're hurting. We'll figure this out. I'm so sorry you're hurting. I didn't honor the fact that you were in a place of hurting. I was just telling you, it's okay. And it wasn't, you were screaming. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We we don't want there to be conflict. We don't want there to be challenge. So we try to talk people out of it. Don't let it mm-hmm. be a problem. You don't need to be this upset. Like, don't feel that way. Instead of, wow, mm-hmm. well, let's explore this. Mm-hmm. If we would help people actually stay true to what they think and they believe, they'll clean it through. How many times have you said, oh, no, this is how I feel. And you, after like processing, you're like, Okay, no, no, I don't. But that was, that was how I felt at that moment until I realized you did call and I just didn't see the phone ring, you know, but there's the place of honoring what you really feel. And I, I think we're getting closer, but it's also getting super screwed up in what is reality and, you know, what's the social agenda and all this other stuff. So it's getting mucky right now to Mm -hmm. know what is truth, but it's important that we try to find out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know, we, we kind of want to, um, I guess, wrap up with one big kind of idea from you, really this idea of you're, if you're giving any kind of guidance to, or you want to share any insights or strategies with people who are newly in relationships when they're at the height of this kind of honeymoon stage, they've got that. Oh yes, I'm okay that you're, you do these things. And you know, when later on they, they may not, what, what kind of, uh, strategies, tips, things could you recommend for people early on to be proactive about setting up good communication patterns rather than waiting until something emerges and then trying to figure out how to deal with it? Well, I think it starts with the very first, you know, connections that you have and to say relationship and communication is important to me. And I want to honor your thoughts and your feelings as well. So can we be open about sharing when things come up for us to explore? I know my experience will probably be different than yours. And I'm fascinated to know what yours is. I I say a lot of times, help me understand how this is important to you or help me understand like where that thought comes from. Mm -hmm. If you bring curiosity in early, oh my gosh, it's totally different. And Mm -hmm. I love that. So I'll Mm -hmm. say, gosh, I've never, I don't understand that Mm -hmm. thought. Can you tell me where that comes from? That's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Completely different than mine. I still do this to this day. Because if I can somewhat get a bigger picture of how people see things, hear things, respond to things, that's gold. So early in a relationship, I'd say, you know, I'd like us to be successful. Can you, can you please share with me what works and what doesn't work? Mm. Where you feel cared for and respected and maybe where you don't. Cause I would want to change that if I knew. And I also ask, would you please let me know? Because if I don't know how to come through for you, I might not. And that would be unfortunate because I'd like this relationship Mm -hmm. to progress. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Excellent. I can't wait for your book to come out. Yeah. So tell us more about what, where our listeners can find more information about you, some of your work, and certainly information about the book. Sure. So my website is uh, drheatherbrown.com and they can go there and get everything from me, my workshops, my newsletter, the book will eventually be posted there as well. 
and um, love to have them reach out with any questions they may have. I'd be happy to answer any questions they have as well. And eventually the TEDx will be up. I just did a TEDx last weekend and the, there'll be pre-order for the book shortly. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Excellent. Yes. Your TEDx. What was your TEDx on? What was your topic? Connection and compassion and relationship. Oh, okay. I can't wait to watch. Well, awesome. Well, we so greatly appreciate you taking the time to be with us today and sharing all your insight. As usual, Tracy and I are going to have to go process our own lives with this. (laughs) (laughs) We we all do. I can tell I've already learned a lot. Yeah. Exactly. So anyways, thank you so much again for being on here. And to all of our listeners out there until our next episode, go out there and rock those relationships. If you liked what you heard, check out our show notes for resources from today's episode. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram under Rock That Relationship and go to our website at rockthatrelationship.com for updated episodes and more great information. Thanks for listening. Now go rock those relationships.